Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode. On behalf of Disciple of City, I'm Todd Carlton, and this is the Toddcast. Disciple of City exists to equip the church to become obedient to the Great Commission. We do this by providing evangelism and discipleship training through outreach, schools, and the Every Disciple Sent events and video series. We are a non-profit charitable organization, and you can find out about all of this and so much more at our website at discipleofcity.ca. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and follow along on Instagram at the Toddcast underscore DAC. My guest today is living right here in Ontario. He's a film and television stuntman that began training at 12 years old. He's done work on the 2019 movie Midway and most recently the TV series Shorzy in 2022 and Fubar in 2023 with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Please welcome Greg Leach. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm excellent. Awesome. Awesome. Some exciting stuff there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Voice for radio. (laughs) (laughs) We were just talking in the green room, or as we're doing little sound checks here, friends, that I feel like maybe one day Greg and I will host a radio show or something. That'd be great. Morning show. Mornings with Greg and Todd. There you go. (laughs) What kind of music would we play, dude? I don't know. I like the classic rock. Yeah. Yeah. I like the classic rock. Yeah, it's good stuff. I like the grunge. Yeah. I like the alternative. Yeah. Alternative rock. I even like classical. Yeah. I don't know if there's classical, classic rock. Classical's influenced some metal, I hear. There you go. Yeah. Like some Christian rock. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Won't forget that. Nope. <laughs> Anyways, man, thanks for thanks for coming by. Appreciate it was good trying to get our schedules to match up and but we got you in the studio and then that's awesome absolutely um a lot of exciting stuff that you do stunt man hoping maybe after the show we could light you on fire or something my kids would really like to see that that'd be great we could run around i'll add it to my stunt room. <laughs> but anyways man before we get into that and hear how you got into that uh stunt work um did you grow up in the church? What was what was that like for you as so, a kid? Well, I grew up here in Peterborough. So I grew up in the Salvation Army Church in Peterborough. Um, literally was there from when I was born until about 22 years of age. Grew up playing an instrument. Uh, I played a cornet for most of my life and then E-flat tuba. Um, yeah, it was, it was great support. Very sheltered life, uh, you know didn't know too much about the real world to be completely honest had to figure most of it on my own but that's about it went to band camp my entire life which uh was actually a lot of fun you know basically got an education in music without having to pay for it (laughs) hey what's wrong with that absolutely it was great it was awesome Uh, i do miss it i haven't had a chance to play uh, an instrument for a while because we're no longer um, a part of the church, which is fine. Uh, my parents still go there. It's the one in Peterborough, and yeah, it's. I don't really know what else to add to that. It was it was a very simple Sunday. You go to church, band practice during the week. Yeah, that's that's about it. So you say you felt like it kind of sheltered. So like, at, when did you start figuring stuff out on your own about the world? Like at twenty two or throughout your teens or, um. Yeah, I guess throughout my teens, 
you know, had some experiences as a kid that, you know, really how to explain it. Yeah, just as you get older, you, you see, uh, you know, you start hanging out with your friends more and, you know, when you're a teenager and maybe even past that and in those moments of hangouts, you experience something that you've never experienced but seems to be normal for them. I don't really have any examples. It was just a lot of just figuring things out on my own. By the time I was about 17, 18, I, I, I was pretty independent because I had to just figure life out. Yeah. So did you, uh, did any of the things that you saw, did it make you question like your faith or like the, like, um, you know, just being at church and whatever you were taught or did you just see that this was sort of something else, but you were really grounded or do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I've always been a fairly level headed person. I've always thought critically. Um, I grew up knowing Jesus and I've, I accepted him in my heart at a young age. Uh, I think I was through my teen years. I was a Christian that justified maybe certain behaviors like going to parties and, you know, drinking a little bit and, you know, smoking a bit of weed. It wasn't, and I mean, in the salvation, in the church I was at, it was never, you know, there there wasn't a lot of spiritual teaching. There wasn't a lot of talk about the Holy Spirit. It was very, you come to church, you have your order of service. It's right there. You're never out of order. Um, Yeah, it was kind of, I, like I said, I, I always believed. I, I never didn't believe in God, and there was always there was always something in my heart that told me, but "Don't ever sway from this, because the other side isn't. It's it's not truth. You know, you know the other side being just the worldly view, evolution, all that kind of stuff. I never. Anytime I always looked at the two, I was always convinced of creation and God because it just made way more sense. But instead of taking my faith further. It was stay at that point and justify a different lifestyle. It wasn't until I actually met, it was the summer I met my wife that my life started to go in a better direction, more God-centered. Okay. Yeah. So you want, let, let's tell us that story. Uh <laughs> whatever Um, you're willing to share yeah definitely uh yeah i i'll be honest i was i was in a point in my life where i was partying more heavily and it was kind of between either going to alberta and drive heavy equipment because i had just finished um my heavy equipment certificate uh or get away from everything and go back to the camp I grew up at. Cause you could also, it, they, they all, uh, the one week a, uh, a year, they did a music camp for all the churches, the Salvation Army churches in the area. But the eight weeks prior was all for underprivileged kids from each kind of area from Ottawa, Trenton and Peterborough. And they did a week camp for these kids. So they needed counselors. So I was a counselor at the camp years before I wasn't this year. I just felt I, 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 I didn't know it was the Lord, but I, that's all I can really equate it to is God was like, you need to get away. You need to make a decision at this point in your life where you're either going to go down the really bad path and it's going to be harder to come back from or listen to me, 
and go to camp volunteer. And uh, the very first day I got to camp, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, I'm seeing all my old friends because they're all volunteering or they're all, I guess they're getting paid. I wasn't. <laughs> and uh, uh, that the, the one of the new people at the camp was Catherine. Um, and it's funny, too. She had just shaved her head. So she was like, she had really short hair and everything. So that's that was when I met my wife was a shaved head Catherine at a camp. And uh, that night... Skinhead back in the day, like 22-hole Doc Martens <laughs> and a green army jacket, too? No, no, just a shaved head. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, anyway, so I came, I came out at night, like at about 9.30, just to go play a bit of basketball. There was always a couple of basketballs at the, the court, and she was just sitting there. And I went over and I sat down, and we got chatting, and at one point she said she really liked sweet and salty, uh, the sweet and salty um, granola bars. That with the almond, uh, the almond, anyway, the yogurt on them. Yeah, yeah. And I happened to say, well, I have a box of them in my room. So I ran back to my room and I grabbed it, came back, and her and I sat down and chatted. And really, the rest is history. <laughs> 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 that, was, uh, that was our first real chat. And, you know, there's been up and downs through our relationship, but that was kind of the, I moved after that summer, I took a month to work and then I moved to Newfoundland. Yeah, because yeah. she went back home. She did. Yeah. yeah. So she she shared a little bit about about your story too, like w- when we had her on the show. Um, so that's well. First of all, dude, it, it, it's really good that you're like you said you partied a bit and stuff like that or whatever. Like, there's no judgment in the kingdom, right? But uh, it's really powerful that the seed was planted deep enough in you that what you saw other people doing or whatever didn't draw you into the point where it just sucked you into, you know, addiction or grief or whatever. Right. Like Mm -hmm. that can happen to so many. Yeah. Not everybody, but can happen to so many. Mm -hmm. Um, but also you met her and you knew, you knew that she was the one for you. Hey. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I, I think, you know, I, I liked her. And then it wasn't until I think about a, like I, I was, I think there was still three weeks left at camp and within the second week, her and I were just chatting and she had this bag with her and I, she pulled it out because she told, like I, I told her, you know, I've, I've always been a Christian. I've always believed in God. I've always wanted my relationship to be deeper, but then just never took the, never took the responsibility to do that. And then she pulled out a Bible that she had bought for me. Oh yeah. It was the message. She's like, eh. and I remember this, I told her, I have a hard time understanding, you know, what the Bible says. So she literally put a lot of thought on it. Well, here's the message. Super easy point form kind of gets you to the point of what each, you know, piece of scripture is trying to say. And then that was, and at that point that was kind of like, yeah, summer was done. I remember telling her, I'm, I'm going to come and visit you in Newfoundland. And, uh, yeah, the rest is, well, not the rest is history. Cause then she went to, she went with uh, youth with a mission for six months, which is just another. And the first thing they tell you when she did that was if you're dating someone, you'll probably break up with them because it's a whole, you know, experience. So it was, uh, 
that was kind of the, the two things. I went to Newfoundland, pursued her, then she went away, and we texted and, well, emailed over that time. And the rest is really history. So she lived in Newfoundland. She lived in Newfoundland. So how did you, I just find it intriguing, like, to pack up on your own and go to Newfoundland. What did you do? Like, where did you live? What did you do for work? So uh, there was a family friend who had a spare room. She let me stay there for about two weeks. I got a job at Mr. Sub that was within walking distance from, well, walking distance for me. It was like a good 10, 10 or 15 kilometers. It was fine. I, didn't, I don't mind walking. Um, maybe 10, maybe less. I don't know. So it, felt, it felt longer then. <laughs> yeah. That's nine too many for me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I worked there. Uh, I was uh, the heavy part timer. So I worked like 24 to 25 hours a week. Um, and then at one point I ended up moving into, there was a basement apartment in her mom's place and there was a room available. So I just moved in there. Hmm. Yeah, and that was, uh, yeah, I just lived there. I lived there until she went on her Youth with a Mission trip. And then you came back to Ontario. And I came back to Ontario. But basically, when she flew back to go with Youth with a Mission, I came back and went home. So 12 years old, just to jump into the, the, stunt, the stunt life. Sure, yeah. You met somebody when you were 12. And so just <clears throat> talk about that, because obviously... It wasn't a, you, you got your ticket to operate heavy equipment. So, but what happened? Who did you meet at 12 and how did that start? So at the Salvation Army, there was a family that came uh, to the church and I was part of the youth band and our youth band was, you know, we were pretty good and we did a lot of traveling, but we needed chaperones and this family, they, they were, they're go-getter people. Like if you met them, uh, by the way, they live in Millbrook, which is just Around the corner from the studio. Yeah, they're like five minutes from here. Um, And he uh, he was telling me um, uh, they were anyways they were chaperoning their son joined our band, and I remember at one point he brought out his demo reel, which is basically a video of skill sets that he has and maybe some shows that he's performed in, and it it highlights what he's done. And and my friend, he's like, you know, he's a second degree black belt in taekwondo. He's he was he was an Olympic level gymnast, like he is he, very talented. And I just remember seeing this, asking him. And I was twelve. What is this? And he said, "Well, this is my demo reel. I'm a stunt performer." And I said, "What is that?" I had no idea that was a job, you know, like playing cops and robbers, but in real life, and to get paid for it, more or less. And he's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I I want to do that." <laughs> and it was just all it was it was in my it it never left my brain. You know, again, I, being a teenager, not really, you know, kind of to go full circle, you know, uh, there wasn't a lot of push in my house for, like, pursue certain things. Reason why I had to figure out a lot on my own. Um, I love my parents, though. They're, they're fantastic people. It's just when it came to, like, what to do after school, where to go, you know, things to pursue pretty well figured all that stuff on my own. And uh, when it came to the stunt thing, you know, periodically I would get back into it and then I would put it to the side and pursue other things and then bring it back in. But when I was 12, I met him. That that was what I saw. It took me a long time to break in because it is a union. But it was, uh, 
it was really only the last, like, I'd say, what year is it? I'd say about 20, 20, 2018 is when I really pushed. Mm. And that was the year that I, I finally broke into the union. So it took me a while. So, but at, at, at 12, like, at 12. W- did he show you some things or? So he actually, this is what was really cool. So he, he, uh, you know, on his own time, his own schedule, he would drive to Toronto once or twice a week and train, which is, you know, you go to a gymnastics studio and you work on, you know, if you, if you know how to fall, you mess it up a bit. You learn how to fall properly without hurting yourself, you know, as well as if you practice falling, your body actually gets used to it after a while and it, it doesn't hurt as much. It's always going to hurt, but it doesn't <laughs> hurt as much. Um, and uh, he would like pick me up from my house and my, and he would tell my parents, yeah, we're, we're not going to be home till about one or two in the morning because of the drive back. And my parents seemed to be okay with that on a school night. He'd pick me up from school yeah, and take me in. And he taught, he taught me a lot. He taught me how to do a backflip, although I haven't done one in a while. Uh, he just, you know, he taught me break falls, you know, he, he taught me how to mess things up, make it look, you know, like you're falling as opposed to trying to fall, as opposed to just making it look like you're actually falling. Right. You know, so it was, yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of, it, it's that job where you, you, you find a bunch of abstract hobbies and then you just go and do them over and over again. So between doing that and like between 2017, 18, uh, and, and this time or when Catherine went to YWAM, what, what did you do for work? Um, well, I worked for Christian horizons for a while, uh, because for, so I guess I worked for Christian horizons while she was at YWAM. And then, uh, when she got back, we continued that. And then she, her and I moved to Barrie for her to go to school. So she ended up going to school. I kind of transferred, um, and then it wasn't really going well. The the teams up there and I, I guess, just didn't mesh as well, which is fine. Um, and I ended up getting a job in construction doing uh, concrete forming, which was in Bracebridge in the winter, which is not fun. Yeah, a lot of snow. <laughs> a lot of snow. Uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of cold. Uh, and it wasn't until just before Catherine finished school that I got my big break kind of big project which was great it wasn't a stunt but it was kind of my foot in the door with people who i get a lot a lot of work for or a lot of work with now so yeah it was good it was on a a movie called pompeii and it was i was just a gladiator running around and that was it (laughs) doing some like stunts or just like an extra literally it was called a special skills extra so um it's kind of like you're you're hired by the stunt department, but you're not allowed to hit the ground. Which sometimes, because if you hit the ground, it's considered a stunt. The problem is, is a lot of the times SSEs do a lot more work because a stunt guy's job is to go in, find his mark, and get killed, fall down. Now he's dead. He gets to lie there. And SSE doesn't fall down, so we just keep running around. Okay. And stop. But it's a, it's a great way to kind of audition. Um. It's kind of like the audition you do to prove to a coordinator, okay, I trust this guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
So where where is your you, you guys moved to Barrie and and on this journey because we kind of jumped ahead a whole bunch. But where's right. your? Oh no, it's all good. Where's your faith at now? You know how you were. You know how at the beginning you said like, you know you were you firmly believed and but you were just kind of justifying stuff. So where's your faith at at this point as you start slowly breaking into this business? Like, are you still the same? Are you searching deeper? Oh, I'm definitely searching deeper. Um, and I'm sure after, you know, hearing Catherine's story, even just through her journey, it's, it's given me a, a, a bigger understanding of what's possible and how drastically God can change your life in such a short period of time. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's really only been the last three or four years where I felt like I've been seeking more of a community in a church. And I guess with that, a greater understanding and relationship with God. Um, and I mean, that that's what, you know, God's kind of put certain people in our lives where I don't have a choice, but to, to uh, have a better understanding of God because the people are like, no, this is my understanding. I'm like, that's way more than I know. I have to, I have to understand that now, yeah. <laughs> you know, you being one of those examples, Adam Shepsky being one of those examples, um, just the, the community we've built at Selwyn out, uh, outreach center. It's like just the, the level of, of, uh, of just people in, that have come into my life, especially just since February, since we've come back from Costa Rica where it's, yeah, I, I haven't, I, I, it's like, it's a good thing. I feel like I don't even have a choice but to move in that direction to have a better understanding. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when after that Pompeii and that kind of kicking open the door, what uh, what happened after that within that business? Um, I think that was the first time I was, I, I wanted to make a real go for it. So we ended up moving to Toronto. Um, like no one tells you how to break into this industry. And I, I, the, at the time I was trying to break in, uh, you know, there's this, it's like a stigma where it's like people are afraid, new people coming in and I won't have any work. So no one, everyone seems to be kind enough to be like, yeah, let's train. Let's do this kind of stuff. Uh, I was pretty fortunate with the people I had in my life who did stunts. Actually, my two mentors are both Christians too, which is, fantastic in that industry um and but no one ever tells you how to break in so do you have an agent like an actor or how no, you're no, on your the, own the whole purpose is you go train you go prove to to um you're proving to the coordinators that you can be trusted so you reach out they might call you in to do an sse day they'll see how you behave on set you know if you have skill they'll probably ask around people that you train with what's he like can i trust him and then they bring you on. Cause if you go through an agent, an agent, they, they don't really know your skill set. They don't know if they can trust you. It just comes down to them trying to book you. So they make a percentage. So we don't have agents. Um, it's all based on just a relationship with the stunt coordinators. And, uh, yeah. So a film or TV company hires a stunt coordinator and they go out and they know who the people are in a given area. Exactly. They, they will must be a small, pool of players i would suspect um, it's a lot bigger than it used to be that's for sure uh when i first started 
when I was 12, um, my mentor used to tell me there was a very small handful and uh, of coordinators and because there was only a few, it, it stayed very tight knit. It, it wasn't until a lot of more product, a lot more production started coming to Toronto that they needed to branch out. They needed to add more people to the pool, which then in turn just adds more performers getting in. Um, which I think is great because the more we can have in, the bigger the bigger pool we can have for work, and the more we can work. Like uh, a lot of the times when it comes to stunts, you you only get one or two days on a show. It's very it's very rare that they'll be like, "Hey, we need you on the duration of the show." You know, you might have a few guys, but I was on a, a show a few years ago. It was uh, it was called C on Apple TV, and there was a core team of I think about fifteen guys. It was 15 of us that were always there. And then there was about five scenes in the show throughout the six months that needed like 50 guys. And you're, you can have, and, and at that point you can bring in like each, each time that fight happened, there was like a, maybe a week and a half period where you had 50 guys in the rehearsal hall and on set, which really it, not only, you know, like everyone can now support themselves, you know, you're making enough money to, to feel like you're making this a career. You're, you're not just looking for that one day here, one day there. And, and that seems to be happening more and more often in Toronto where you get these shows that are, they're coming in with bigger budgets. They feel like, Oh, you know what? The skill set in Toronto has really grown. We feel like we can come there with our big production and we won't have to go elsewhere for performers. They're just right there. And um, I've seen that really grow. And I've also seen, like, there's, there's a community out in Vancouver, Montreal, and Toronto. And I've really seen, and then a bunch of others that are kind of sprinkled throughout the country. But I've really seen um, all these communities really come together in the last, like, last five or six years that I've been, I've been out performing. Because I've worked with them all on different shows, which is it's great. We all get along. It's, it's fantastic. So you said your first couple mentors well, were Christians as well? Yeah. Um, was that just like, was that just a great way to get, to get in and help each other out? Or did you guys have, so did you uh, guys have some chats too, or? Uh, so definitely had like Christian chats, had chats about our, our, you know, our line of work and the, I guess the, um, direction of belief that kind of goes with the media and how we're kind of black sheep in it. Um, but there was kind of an unspoken understanding that I never expected work from them. I see, I, again, you see a lot of people in that industry who get work based on more from the friendship point of view as opposed to the ability to do the job. Uh, again, I've been fairly fortunate to work with a lot of people whose kids also work with them and they're fantastic performers. Um, but I've heard that it has happened in the past. So I've, I didn't want to be a part of that. I didn't want there to be a, a thought in anyone's head that I got work through these guys because I was friends. I wanted them, you know, they, they never hired me until I got my credits because you need three in order to be unionized. Actually, I'm working, I'm working tomorrow with, uh, with my, my mentor, uh, my, uh, my buddy here in Millbrook. He's, he's doing the Star Trek show. And uh, I, I'm I'm on with him tomorrow, but I did not work with him uh, as a stunt performer until I got my credits. So is he is is he a coordinator? Yeah, he's a stunt. Oh, coordinator. he's a coordinator. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
that's like the evolution or can be the evolution. I in guess that? so. Yeah. Like you can, it's funny. You can, you can go on to be a stunt coordinator. You can go on to rig, be a stunt rigger, which means you got to know your knots. You got to know, you know, there's a lot of engineering in it. Um, and then you can go off to direct as well. I know a lot of coordinators that go off to direct. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, what, then you got your three, yeah. your three credits to get in the union. Yeah. And what was your first, what was your first sort of really big thing? I mean, I guess Pompeii's pretty big. No, but that, it was big in the sense that I was finally working. Uh, it wasn't like, because it was just SSC, it was, there was no real, the best thing that came from it was I did my job. The uh, the people that hired me were happy with my job. Um, but it wasn't really, I'd say the the biggest, the biggest uh, point in my career was probably on C, you know, up to being on that show. I was just a day player. I got called out for days here, days there. Like it wasn't. And, and I guess if you're getting killed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. well, the nice thing about C was everyone because the show was based on blindness. Everyone's blind in the show, so they if you were one of the you know the henchmen or the fighters on both sides, they just had huge visors on their face, so you never knew who anyone was. Right. So I could be anybody. I was, I was a good guy. I was a bad guy. I was a, you know, a mercenary. You didn't know because everyone was behind masks. Yeah. Uh, what about Midway? Was that just a day or two thing? So that was my second and third credit, and I owe a lot to a lot to the guy who hired me. And uh, no, it, that was again. It was very. It was those were there. It was a, it was the stuntiest thing I did on that. Was they had a replica of an airplane on the air, on the aircraft carrier, and the wings were metal, just at the base. The rest of the wing was styrofoam. So. Being the stunt guys, we were right in close, and we were the ones actually pushing the airplane to make it look like we were actually, you know, what they would do in the movie is, or like if you were on actually on an aircraft. Well, area. for anybody that doesn't know, what is what is Midway? Uh, it's a movie based on World War II, the Battle of Midway. It kind of happened during the Battle of Pearl Harbor in the Pacific. Yeah, in the Pacific. Yep. Yeah. But uh, that mo- that movie. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't the the stuntiest thing I did was that as well as I jumped up on a wing as the medic, quote unquote medic, and then pulled a guy out of an airplane. And that was it. Oh, so not even like getting thrown off the ship or shot or whatever. It it was very, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was. That's fascinating that they, that they would use a stunt person and not an actual. So, I mean, there, there is. Like not that that would be somebody's role as an actor or an extra. No, but they, they they couldn't. There, there's liabilities, and I think it's they just their job literally is to just stand and or be, be in the background, exactly. fill in the space, it's to stand in the background and walk, and that's it. I guess if you use them for something like that, then it's a different pay scale too, right? An extra if, oh, totally. if they get into yeah. exactly. Okay, it's, it's not. Uh, it's kind of frowned upon. If you're hired as an extra, then you stay as an extra. I have a story about that actually. Um, but they would hire stunt guys because okay, we need the plane moved. All right, well you need stunt guys for that. Okay, we need a guy like where I was jumping with the camera was there was about a a two foot gap between a spinning like propeller that was made out of wood, and if it hit me, it would hurt and the camera, and I had to jump up about three feet in between those two to kind of come in past camera and then help this guy 
out of the airplane that had just crashed on the aircraft carrier. Another stunt guy. Uh, no, this guy was an actor. Was he? Yes, he was an actor, but he wasn't doing anything stunty. It was all on me. Right. It, there's, there's what if lot. you dropped him? <laughs> Don't drop him. <laughs> Not allowed. There's, a, there's a, a saying that if you if you get hurt, then you're fired before you get hurt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's basically, it's like we're the, the people, um, we're the liability guys. We're the guys that... We, we take care of the liabilities. Right, right. Yeah. So, sorry, how many days on that set? I had nine on that. Oh, that's pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it was really good. It was, it was a great experience on a big movie to, you know, find out how to act, how to, how to be, how to behave. You know, and it was good. It was a good experience. Um, and that was in Montreal. That was in Montreal. Yeah. So, I just get an Airbnb and I went to work. And they were like 16-hour days, so I'd go to work, come home, sleep, go back, and that was it. Yeah. Um, any of your, your Christian stunt, like mentors down there with you, or was this you on your own? It was just me by myself. Um, my mentors, like they're basically, as I was getting in, they were making that transition to coordinating. Um, my one mentor, he, he had quite a run in with, with, uh, an actor on a set and it kind of, um, it's taken his, it's kind of really set back his performing ability, unfortunately. Because sometimes that happens. Sometimes you get a you get a cowboy of an actor that just doesn't think about the person they're performing with. They think about the the character they're being and totally do something that they shouldn't have done. Ends up someone getting hurt. Accidents happen, but when it's not an accident, it's basically just someone acting. And yeah, so it happens. And so my mentors now, but they're 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 in my opinion, they're they're top of their field i would say yeah like they're 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 absolutely fantastic to work for they they look out for the protection of the performer you know they expect us to do our job but within what is expected of us you know and uh and and they they're not afraid to to make sure actors are in their place so when you go and do midway you're married yeah at this point yeah so when you go, so at this point, you go down and you do Midway. Where where are you at in your faith journey here? Or is it, like I can imagine, you know, this is your third credit. You're starting to make this a career. It's yeah. a big production. Are you even, you know, are you thinking about that? Or You know, it's funny. I, I If the conversation of, of belief and faith doesn't come up, then I, I, I would have rarely brought it up back then. And... um you know, it doesn't mean I didn't believe, but I seem to be very focused more on the stunt side of things and, and getting the job and getting the career. And it, you know, like just the career and the thought of money was just that kind of consumed me for a, a little bit. Yeah. Just making sure to have enough. Yeah. Until you never have enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. So. But that's normal too, right? You're starting a career. It's- yeah. So, it, but it, it definitely put my, my walk with God in a, a standstill as opposed to something that was moving forward. Right. Yeah. So you get in the union, what was next? Uh, basically you get in the union and then you, you kind of, now you kind of got a name. Well, no, like, that, you get in the union and that's when you start reaching out to other coordinators. Like you, you basically email or text once a month, you know, depending on them and if what they think is okay, sometimes they get annoyed, but, uh, and you just 
it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. So if you're not texting continuously, then, you know, you're not thought of. Right. So that, that's probably the, I, I would say that's, that and training are the two most important part of the, parts of the job. Make sure that you can actually do the job physically and just staying relevant by texting. So these, you guys went to Costa Rica yep. during the terrible time we won't name. Yep. Was that, was that, did you do this, um, Shorey before you went there or was that after? So no, I actually just did Shorezy like two months ago. Okay. Yeah. Shorezy was kind of, uh, so uh, during the time that shall not be named, uh, we, uh, I, I, I was on a show called C and that, that show was great. It was like a crash course in stunts. I was on the second season for about two and a half months because there was one episode that was just insane and we needed two months just to plan it and then two and a half weeks to shoot it. So it was, it was a lot, but I, I remember my first day I showed up and I, we got split into groups of three and the, the, one of the guys was like, all right guys, I want you guys to each make up a 10, 10 beat move or 10 beat fight that has to do with, you know, and, and then uh, just uh, being blind and then you have to, uh, each guy has to perform by himself against two or be one of the two other guys against one. And when it got to my turn in my group, I remember, luckily one of the guys had a lot of grace for me because uh, I'm like, uh, you go ahead again. You, you take your turn again. I'm happy to fight. But just to come up with a fight like that was a new experience. I'd never been in a position like that. So th- this show was... It, it it was uh, it was it was big big time learning curve. You all the stops had to come out for that one, and then I asked to be on the core team for third season because they seemed to like me, and I was on. So it was like five months of just solid Monday to Friday in the gym, and then in the rehearsal hall and just fighting and concepting, and it was great. And then. We left the country after that show. I got injured as well, um, which kind of made things a little easier to just leave. And uh, when we came back last February, there was some strikes that went on. And then finally the strikes are done a couple months ago. And then some work came up and got to be on Shorzy. Then you got back in. Yeah. Uh, So when did you... When did you start exploring your faith more... And how did that impact your career at all? Or not impact your career, but... Like, I I don't know what a movie set is like. Well, I kind of briefly do, because I did a little bit of extra stuff way back in the day. But I mean, I don't know what like you do. But I mean, as far as like being even even able to have conversations, are there down times? Is it something or is it just... It's so fast-paced in business that maybe that's not even that would be more kicking it in the trailer after. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'll be honest this last year, uh, when it comes to my faith, when we, when we were in Costa Rica this last time from last, I guess two summers ago to last February, um, it was the first time in my life where I really felt like I dealt with spiritual warfare. 
because we never had any, we didn't really have much down in Costa Rica. You know, we, it was just kind of our daily experiences of going around and enjoying life. You know, we really didn't have tablets or electronics or anything like that. It was so that was the first time where I really felt I was being attacked spiritually, which then also gives you a broader, um, I guess like I started to think more a lot like, well, if, if, if I could be attacked this way, then I could probably broaden my faith to be stronger against it. And when we came back, you know, there was, we, it felt like because we came back kind of with the same attitude where we weren't like, we're not, we're very much just get out and go and do things. And we don't really fill our time with the, the other things that take us away from, oh, how do I word that? I just felt like the spiritual attacks continued when we got back to Canada. And uh, again, it just pushed both my wife and I to, I guess, new places in our faith. I'm, I mean, Catherine went away to Saskatoon and had a full-on transformation. I feel like mine has always been a gradual climb. Because of where I was when I was younger, I've just always had a, a more gradual climb in my faith. There's no, and, and sometimes I feel like I'm maybe behind because a lot of people, they go, 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 and then they just have this leap that they go from like, like you're a ceiling Christian and then your ceiling now has become your floor. I feel like I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I'm kind of like halfway through the room. I haven't made the ceiling yet to make it my floor, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, when it comes to film, uh, just to go back to see, that was the first, because I was with these guys all the time, like it was Monday to Friday, um, you know, conversations always came out and it was in a hard time because of everything going on in the country and in the world, you know, so uh, different different conversations would start and topics of conversation and it all, it did come up about faith and I would share, like oh, I'm a Christian, I you know, and I actually have, it's, it's actually quite beautiful. One, one of my guy, uh, one of my buddies, he, uh, he lives in Trenton and through this time he would always ask me, he kept asking me everything about Christianity. I said, well, I'll, I'll do my best to answer what I can with what I think my knowledge is. <laughs> and, uh, cause I, I was fairly open about it then. And, and, and the nice thing about stunt performers is we seem to be, I'm generalizing, but a little more critical thinkers, you know, especially about the time that we won't speak of, like we're my, our jobs are, are to be safe and to think of our own safety. So we have to critically think all the time. Like I go to sets, even though a coordinator, I appreciate and respect, I still go make sure what I'm about to do is going to be safe. Yeah. But so, so in those times uh, during that show, we would have conversations and my faith would come up and, I would share to the best of my ability. So my buddy, my buddy is now like him and his family. They, and this is a guy who did not believe in God. Uh, he, he just texted me not too long ago. He's like, you know, I just want to let you know that my family and I've been going to church for the last three or four months. Nice. Monday, like they're there every week. They love it. The community, he feels so much more peace, which is just beautiful. Cause I, you know, and then the journey just goes up from there, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, so it's I've definitely become way more open about talking about my faith and my job. Um, I'm definitely patient about bringing it up because I don't want you want there to be a seed planted. Yeah. 
And if someone's not ready to hear it, then it might do more damage than good. So I'm constantly, and, and there's so many different people on, on shows, and you're right, it is fast-paced, especially when you're on set. Everyone thinks their job is the most important job in the world, and everyone's running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And it's, when you do have time to chat, a lot, like, people share like crazy because it doesn't seem like people get a chance. It seems like there's a lot of lonely people. Mm. I guess that's with everywhere, but definitely on set, I think because of, uh, you know, they have a very secular viewpoint, and I find the secular view today definitely brings people to be more on the lonely side. Yeah. And uh, so they're very quick to share and talk and... In those moments, I, I, I try to wait for that opportunity if it comes up to, to bring up my faith. And, you know, I'm always ready, but I know I have, to, I have to be careful. I don't bring it up and do more damage, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Totally. That's wise, actually. Right? Because it's, you know, we know God prepares the heart to hear the word. And different people have been placed in different workplaces for for different reasons and to glorify him but you're right sometimes people they don't they don't want to talk about it or they don't want to hear so you got to yeah. decipher that and who's open and yep. i mean you're employed to be a stunt person not an evangelical tool for the movie company no but you know what's funny i've said it for years where and i actually used to say this to my mentor it's like there's not a lot of christians in our field that's great great opportunity but then you get there and you 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 feel like oh i have to i have to actually i really have to be careful when i share because not only not only is there a chance that you could be seen as a threat now because you're a Christian, just because you're a Christian and what you believe, because like I said, it's a very secular view, and you know if you say you're a Christian, then you, the view is 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 quite the opposite. Like what we what yeah. we stand for is is quite opposite, as well as you want to, you do want to share it for for the goodness of God, but like you said, if they're not ready, or like I said earlier, if if they're not ready. I have to delete this part because <laughs> I'm all over the place. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. So that's why we have the Holy spirit, right. To guide you and to prompt you on who's ready to hear. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why in the last year, like I've never really experienced the Holy spirit and encountered him the way I've seen than in the last year. Yeah. So I personally think it's easy to go out in the street or be in the grocery store and strike up a conversation and share the gospel with a stranger because they're a stranger and it's a one-off. It's true. way more difficult to do it with people that you're around constantly in the workplace or in other contexts of our lives where we're around people who don't share the same faith. Yeah. But, but of course you have a desire to share. Yeah. And that's why we need the Holy spirit to prompt us on, how much and when and what they're ready to hear, but they need to be loved first, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So you need to know that you can be trusted. Yeah. And that, yeah. And just be with them and not that you're trying to sell something. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So, um, hey, you got killed by Arnold, bro. Share about that. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah. What that, tell us what that show was and... Well, it's, you showed me the clip, but just make, paint a visual for our listeners. Uh, okay. Um, so I, I got called out to do some rehearsals for a show. It was two days of rehearsals. Um, and 
we had, and the, the beautiful thing lately with stunts is we get the concept of the action. We make it all up. And lately our guys, like a lot of the guys will, will hire someone to come in and shoot it. They'll shoot it. And on the day, they'll just take what we shot and replicate it, which is beautiful. It means that we get to technically direct and shoot what's going to be on the film. Second day of rehearsal, we get to a point in the fight where, um, uh, my, my buddy Johnny, who, uh, he was playing Arnold, but I didn't know that at the time. And it got to a point where like, we need someone tall. And it was only my friend and I that were the two tall guys, but he already got killed. So I, I got to be used and I come up behind and I'm choking him out. And at one point they're like, okay guys, one sec. And, uh, you know, that's what stunt coordinator said. And as I'm holding Johnny, I'm like, Johnny, who are you doubling? And he's like, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm like, what? <laughs> I get the choke out Arnold. <laughs> Anyways. So, um, then I'm just thinking about it like, Oh no, I get to, I get to choke out the Terminator. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, on the day he was great. I mean, he's, it was, it was 35 degrees outside and we were in a metal warehouse. It was like 42 plus humidity. What he was wearing was like jeans, a heavy, like cotton shirt with a, a big old vest on. He didn't want to talk or nothing. The scene came. I go up behind him. I choke him out. He stabs me in the neck. I die. And then we did it three times. And then I wasn't going to, like, I'm, 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 I'm in and out. I'll do what you ask of me, and then I'll go stand off to the side. And as I walked away, he's like, in his voice, I'm not even going to try to attempt it, but he's like, hey, thank you so much. That was great. And he shook my hand, and he was very, very kind and polite about it. He, he's, yeah, he, he yeah. It was awesome. It was Thank good. you so much. I enjoyed killing you. Basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good job. Neat. That's cool. So that was that was uh, yeah that was a fun day. I bet you can see it on Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If we were if we were uh, live on YouTube, we'd show it right now. Oh yeah, but we're non for profit, so we don't have the money for that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, dude, that's really cool, man, hearing about uh, your story. Thanks for sharing. Thank you so much for having me, man. This yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I, I've got one, I got one more question for you, bro. You're, okay. And like we talked about in the green room, right? It's not like our faith journey is all different for people, how we encounter, how we hear from God, how we interact with the Holy Spirit, and all these things are different yeah. for us. Um, what are your, what are your hopes for your journey? You say you've, you've, you you do not feel like you've quite hit your ceiling for it to be your new floor. What are your hopes in your journey in the next couple months? I mean, it sounds, everyone says it, but I, I mean, legitimately, I just need to be in the word more. I find that I, I allow a lot of my knowledge to come from, you know, snippets and, little things I might read here or there, but I feel like I gotta, I gotta dive in and know the word better. You know, it's, I, I, I want that thirst to just, when I come home, instead of sitting down and turning on the TV or looking on my phone, I want to just reach for my Bible. You know, I want that to be, that's gotta be my, my next, like it's, got to become more important to me and i know for me it would definitely start with just having to make it a habit so yeah 
And then maybe a bit of accountability from friends. Amen. Absolutely. I'll do that, bro. Sounds great. <laughs> I love getting a text from Todd. Only voice. Only voice only threads, voice. bro. That's how we communicate. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Thanks, Greg, man. That was awesome. Thanks again, man. Bless you, bro. There's some some really bold, vulnerable truth there. How many of us out there are just desiring more of him, more of God, and knowing that we need to be more in the world, or in the word, <laughs> less in the world, more in the word. And you know, my friends, there's so many things out there now that want to distract us from him. And it's not that they're all necessarily bad, but they're just a distraction from how much God has to show us and how much he wants to stretch us and grow us. So I just encourage you to dig deeper, spend more time in the word, more time in prayer, grow in the Holy Spirit. And wherever you're working, your workplace, just seek the Holy Spirit for opportunities to share your faith. Be blessed. <laughs>